Forget the VIP section at the club. This is more like the WTF section. This is Soundwaves TMI. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Soundwaves TMI. I'm Dennis Willis, he's Stephen Kirk, she's Chasta, and you caught us fired up today. We are right in the middle of complaining about all kinds of things and all kinds of people, and we decided we're going to bring you into the conversation. We have decided that no one knows how to communicate anymore <laughs> at true. all. Yeah. COVID has completely rat-effed all of us, and no one can communicate. And I am going to start this conversation by saying... Let me be clear. I am fully a hypocrite in this moment because <laughs> I do some of these things that I hate mm-hmm. on accident. Okay. So I've said that. I've said that and I'll come back around to it as we bitch. But I just want everyone to know if I've ever blown off an email from you or a text message that I fully know I do that and I'm part of the problem, but it also pisses me off. So let's start there. <laughs> is that well, your- we're, we're certainly not going to list all of those people, Chasta, <laughs> because this is only about a half hour podcast. <laughs> right, right. Really to- okay. Okay. Let me start with a full, a full explanation so I can just feel better about life. Okay. So we're all pissed off that, that people don't communicate, meaning they don't email back or they ghost you entirely. They don't text back, whatever. Um, or my bigger pet peeve these days is the fake I want to connect, but I really don't want to connect thing uh, that yes. happens. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, let's do a thing. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll get right. it on the calendar. And so it's like we have to find a time to find a time to put on the calendar. It's like a double meeting of some sort. It's oh, yeah, you're standing right in front of somebody and you go, hey, we should do that thing. And they go, yeah, we should absolutely do that thing. Let's talk about doing that thing. And they'll go, yes, let's schedule a time to talk about doing that yes, thing. Yes. Like, But we're right here. We can talk about doing that thing right now. But we're talking now. <laughs> like that. So that that part of the equation is more what I want to bitch about. Right. The the not responding to text messages and emails thing, my problem, I feel like, is fully fucking valid. Mm-hmm. And that is that I wake up at 3.45 in the morning. And a lot of times I wake up to these emails and text messages and I don't want to send something back at 3.45 in the morning because I don't want to wake somebody up. So then I get ready for work. I get into my moat. And then I've forgotten that it came in at 4 o'clock in the morning. And She's you know kind of I mean? defensive, Steve. I, I actually wasn't going to like dump all no. this shit on her, but no, I mean, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just overly explaining my plight so that people Understood. sympathize with the hypocrisy that's happening right now. Does that right. make sense? But I, you know, it's funny. It's very easy to blame like younger generation. Cause like my kid, I will go, Hey, I'm going to be home in a little bit. No response. And then I'll get home and say, did you see my message? And Oh yeah, I saw it. Well, you didn't respond. You didn't say gotcha, yes, yup, anything, right? That's a different thing. That See what I'm saying? I am justified. They are not. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay when Chasta does it. Okay, so that's... I'm glad you agree. (laughs) You could blame a whole generation on their lack of communication skills, and that's valid. Because honestly, you know, but I think it's our generation too. I think it's, I think people just don't, maybe it's a COVID thing. Maybe you're right, but it's also like a professional thing too. Like I, I, I'm not going to name names, but we produce a show. We produce a number of shows. We do a number of things where we have to interface with professionals who either have venues or bands or things or events or whatever those things are that we need to go, Hey, so let's figure this out. And they go, yeah. And then, and then nothing happens, you know? Um, or a situation like we were just talking about. I won't name any names, but it's just like, hey, I want to, can you do this thing for the, for the, for an episode? Yep. Yep. Did you shoot it? Yep. I shot it. Great. Can you send it? 
it doesn't show up. Like, what is it about, you know, and, and the joke I make is these kind of people would like join a football team, run it down to the one yard line and then put the ball down before running it in and just take a nap. It's like, <laughs> why, why do we do most of the thing? But then like at the very end, we just stop. Is that like, what is that? Is it like a passive aggressive power play sort of thing? I, I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't know if it's a a fear of uh, a fear of success or something. Uh, if Ooh, it's now we're getting uh, philosophical, I love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, and and COVID could, like we're talking about, could have played a part in that because, like with everything else, we sort of forgot how to socialize mm-hmm. when we were all locked up in our houses and everything, mm-hmm. where we're not in the office face to face with people every day. You yeah. know, if it's you're sitting there in your pajamas and you're you know doing a Zoom call or just on a microphone or something like that you're not having that, that interpersonal connection kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think people have forgotten how to behave. You know, it's everything from, from that to, to people, you know, sitting in a movie theater or in a live theater, singing along to songs or talking or eating fried chicken or some shit right. like that, yeah. that you wouldn't have done five years ago when you went to the movies or went to the theater, people mm-hmm. forgot how to behave. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about my husband. Jay feels very attacked by you right now because Uh-oh. he is <laughs> Hey, Jay can kick my ass too, so I gotta watch it. He is, he is fully that. He's not as bad in the theater, I will say that. But you mm-hmm. don't want to watch a movie with him on the couch ever for any reason. You don't want to. do Oh, that. is not he that. one of those multiple screeners? Like you're looking at the phone while you're looking at the movie. He does that, but he's just the top. He has full blown conversations with the movie. Gotcha. Like full blown, right. like yeah. full sentences with that's, characters. That's what the pause button is for. Oh my god! Thank you. I this pa- is- yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it drives it's 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 our I will it's hit a running that pause show. button a hundred times in a movie and just go, okay. So and then we'll talk about it and we go back to the movie, you completely know. Completely acceptable. Right. Completely acceptable behavior. What is not acceptable is to ignore the person sitting right next to you and have a full blown conversation with your screen <laughs> as if that person can hear you. Oh no, she didn't. What? <laughs> Don't go upstairs. Stop it. Like it's so <laughs> Or he'll or he'll talk about plot points like I'm not really following, but he'll never pause it. And I'm like, what are you doing? It drives me crazy. Anyway, sorry, I digress. I am fired up today. (laughs) Going back, going back to what you were saying, Steve, I think that there's there actually is something very real with the COVID thing. I think it's kind of multiple layers. First of all, we were separated for a very long time. And I think that does have an effect on how people communicate. But I think also people like me, cancers who like to be in their shell, got really used to not having to be out and about all the time. And I think people, I think there's sort of this idea that like, I want to do all these things. I want to go back to normal. But then there's also a part of, I'm speaking on behalf of myself. There's also a part of me that's like, I don't want to overcommit because I don't want to be running myself in the ground and be exhausted all the time. So sometimes like people will be like, hey, will you MC an event, for instance, Hmm. six months down the road? And because I'm me and I don't like to say no, I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's I do that too. It. I overcommit. Oh, and then. Especially the before, farther out it is. I'm like, yeah, it's a oh, year away. Not it's a problem. Fine. Yeah. Exactly. And then you get a, a week away from it and you're like, oh God, why did I decide to do that? Why did I commit? So maybe it's people not wanting to do that. And they're just too afraid to say that they don't want to do a thing. Which brings me to my next observation. Okay. No, I, I want everybody listening to lean in close because I have something to say to the grownups and to anybody else who communicates and has, you know, uh, 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 conversations. 
I know this may come like a, come as a shock, but the word no is a perfectly fucking acceptable answer. <laughs> and yes. nobody, I, I'm a big boy. You can tell me no. I'm not going to like start a fight with you online. Can you do it? No. Cool. Let's go on with our life. That's it. So long <laughs> as I know the answer is no, I'll move on with my life. We'll just figure something else out. It doesn't stop the world. I'm not going to go cry under my couch. I'm not going to ghost you. But nobody says no anymore. That if the answer is no, so valid. they just go away. Like, hey, you want to do a thing? Yeah, cool. You want to do a thing? Answer's no. You hear nothing. Yep. What the hell is that? No, you actually didn't get <laughs> you didn't get that right. The answer is, yeah, I want to do a thing. Let's find a time to figure right, out how yeah. we're gonna do a thing. Yeah, yeah. And then and then they disappear. <laughs> and if it's no, you just never hear from them again until they need you. And that's what's yes. always fun, is right. they typically find a way to come back around whenever right. they need something from you. And that one always makes me giggle. Right. I, look, I am fully with you. No is a complete sentence. Oprah Winfrey once said. No is a complete sentence. There is no, you don't have to worry about my feelings or, mm -hmm. or give me some crazy explanation as to all the things and all the reasons why you can't just say, no, it's fine. We'll move on. Just We're say, good. no, it's all good. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy Reagan said it. Remember it. <laughs> Nancy, Re was it Nancy Reagan or Oprah Winfrey or both? Uh, both, Did they both, both. Say that? two different meanings, two different yeah, meanings. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy's enough. was a little more, uh, you know, misguided, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, the point it's, remains. It's no less true. The point remains. Just say no. <laughs> I think there's you know, some passive aggressive stuff to it, though, too. You said that, and I think there is an element of that. Maybe. For sure. Yeah. Now, for me, to be honest with you, though, sort of a, a, a almost a counterpoint to that is I say yes when I don't want to do something sometimes because I know if I don't say yes and I don't have that commitment to do the thing, I'll never do the thing. I'll never do anything. I would, there's, there's a big part of me that would be very happy. And maybe this is part of the COVID thing where you get, you like, you're talking about Chester, just being able to be in your little shell. Yeah. I don't want to go. Yeah. You know, I am, I am the most introverted extrovert that you're going to know. Me if and you, you both. You know, me and you both. Yeah. Yes. You know, you, you see me out in public and we're just, you know, party time and let's go and let's have a great time and all that sort of stuff. When I get home, I'm kind of like, fuck that. I just pull a blanket over my head and I watch TV and leave me alone. Yeah. Thousand percent. And, but if I, and if I say, if I, if I don't say yes to something, I won't do the thing. I wouldn't do anything if I didn't. And I know that about myself. And that's the thing. I, I force myself to say yes because, in the long run, I want, you know, and, and it's even like gigs and stuff like that. I go, I'll get a, you know, can you go and do this, this thing? Do I really want to do it? There's a part of me that goes, yeah, it'd be very easy for me to just say, no, nah, I'm not available. But if I do that, then not only am I leaving money on the table, but I'm, I'm also not going and doing, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I force myself to go and do because otherwise I, I would just sit here and do nothing. <laughs> you know? And along that point, I feel like I often, I don't want to say every time, but I'd say 90% lion share of the time I come home and go, I'm glad I did the thing. I agree. Yep. I agree. I agree. With Even though you, everything you both just said, you actually. didn't want to go, you yeah. bitched about it. You tried, yeah. you wanted to squeeze out of it. You were praying you'd get sick, whatever that is. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you come home and you're like, no, that was fun. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, because so, you're, you're like Cameron sitting in his car in Ferris Bueller, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll go, exactly. I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I did know, the same thing, end, yeah. At the end of Ferris Bueller's day off, Cameron's like, all cool, you know? See? Glad it happened. 
I started forcing myself. I I'm I am not as uh, as as introverted or extroverted as either one of you. I'm kind yeah. of like in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, it's just like fuck. I don't want to leave my house, but then I do, and I always have a good time doing it. I come home and I complain that I, you know, took time away from whatever. Right. I I, I hardly ever regret it. It's always good human interaction, and I do crave that. You know. I mean, I'm the guy who, if I sit here for too long, I'll go. I miss people. I'll open up my Facebook feed. I'm like, what the fuck is that happening? Nobody invited me. Oh, because maybe I never go to anything. Oh, see, so I'm actually, the opposite. I actually just started am, to go, you know. I'd never have that feeling ever. <laughs> I, I do love people. And and my closest friends in you two are the tip top of that list. I do love and I do want to see. And I, yeah, I never have regrets hanging out with my closest friends. But I never am like, why didn't I get invited? Jay will have that moment. If something happens and we didn't get an invitation, I can't think of an example, but something happens, he'll be pissed. He'll be like, like he gets personally offended because <laughs> Jay is very extroverted. He is mm -hmm. very social. And I always give the example, if we have a party at our house, I have a list of maybe 10 people I want there, right? This is my closest, my inner tribe. That's it. Jay wants to put it in the GD paper. Like it might as well be like he wants everyone and their dog to show up. He likes surround, being surrounded by a lot of people. And I'm completely the opposite. It has everything to do with my astrological sign. I'm just like, I'm a little crab. I'm like, and I just want to be in my little hole. And people will argue with me about the one thing I know to be absolute fucking truth about myself is that I am an introvert, period, full stop. Mm -hmm. And people will argue to the death with me. Well, you can't be. You're on the radio. You're on TV. You're so fucking loud. I get it. I am. You're right. But I, I am naturally a crab. I'm a cancer. I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I like alone time. I like being by myself. I like being right. in the mountains where all I hear is birds. Nice. nice. It's a weird it's a weird dynamic to be doing the job that I do with that being said. Like it, it's mm. completely polar opposites and it's something that I struggle with all the time. But back oh, to the Oh goodness, not just me then. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Because it's the same uh, thing with acting and performing. You know, if I'm doing like uh, character work, if I'm, you know, Austin Powers or something like that and I've got I've to control a room of 300 people, I can do that. Totally. I'm good at it and everything. Yes. But I there's a part of me that would just as soon be the guy sitting in the back, you know, drinking and, you know, being a wallflower, too. I would hmm. love to know what percentage of performers or people who work in entertainment and the arts. I'd love to know how prevalent that dynamic is. Because hmm. I I'm always. Sure it's very prevalent. I think it actually. might be. Yeah. <clears throat> I've met a lot of people over the years doing interviews with them and comedians especially yeah. uh, are really quiet until the mic goes on. Yeah. You know, one of the most uh, the one time I, I met Robin Williams was at a and there's a whole nother five other stories to go with this. But it was a premiere at a movie that was held in San Francisco and he showed up late and he showed up in, you know, normal, you know, just left my house clothes and tried to sneak in after everybody was in and the movie already started. And it was a press thing. So there was a red carpet and all that. And everybody was packing everything up and getting ready to go. And as soon as he walked in, everybody's like, oh, my God. And, they, you know, they surround him like he can't take another step in any direction because now he's and everybody's on him and he has to say something funny. And he, and he even mm -hmm. said, like, come on, I just want to go in. And they're like, you know, like and, and they're like trying to get some sort of Robin Williams moment out of him. And he. Gave them some half-hearted joke, and then bah, ha, 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 like it's the funniest thing, mm -hmm. like some weird Pavlovian fucking thing. And then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go." And I, it was like the saddest thing I'd ever seen, mm. you know, like turning him, turning him into like a dancing monkey or something. Like it's that. totally you know a dog I mean? and pony show. It's like, yeah. okay, be yeah. funny, act because I said so. Do your thing, like right. 
Be yeah. the court jester. And that's why I cannot, will not watch any of that TMZ shit where somebody's sticking a camera in a face. Uh, fuck that. It makes me so angry uh, seeing that stuff. And whenever it shows up in my feed, I'm just like, let these motherfuckers walk. You know what I mean? I get so like, who are you to do that to another human being? You know, and I've often said like, and even I've worked at news stations and one time, one time I had to do the thing where they're like, I got a call like, hey, this thing's happening down the street from your house. Can you go live? And I was like, sure. I'm the film guy. Okay, fine. I'll drive my car to the scene of this big fucking thing. And I did. And I get on the phone and they're talking to me and I'm reporting it. And what can you see? And here's some poor bastard going through this thing over here. And they're like, can you get close to him? Can you talk to him? And I stood there and I'm like, no, nah, I'm nowhere near him. And I was like, God, I felt so freaking dirty after that. You know what I mean? Oh, ah, yeah. I was like, that is not for me. Not for me. And you know what I mean? And and God forbid I am ever in a position to where something horrible happens, where I'm surrounded by cameras at the scene of an accident. You know what? I, I'm sorry. I'm going to make the news for taking all you guys with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you point a camera at me at, at my worst moments and you're going to lose that camera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's simple, common decency. And that's the kind of shit that makes me not want to leave the house. What we've become as a culture, as a society, where we feel we can just like take that moment from somebody and then call it news, you mm -hmm. know, or entertainment or worse. Ugh, you know, I well, think like you, you'll, you'll see actors that are that are older, that have been around the block a few times where they, they don't have to impress anybody. They don't have to go yeah. to an event and be on a camera to get their face out there or something right. like that. They'll move out of they'll move out of the state. You know, they'll go, mm -hmm. you know, got a ranch in Montana or something yeah. like that. They'll fly into town and do what they got to do and then yeah. get the hell back out of Dodge. Yeah. You know, the only people that you see at these things are the younger people that are trying to, you know, trying to make a name for themselves or, you know, influencers, quote unquote, or some crap Terrible. like that. Yeah. Uh, everybody else, they just want to come and do their job, collect their big paycheck and go home. I remember one of the first actors that did something like that that kind of blew my mind was Demi Moore when she moved out to like, I think it was Montana maybe or somewhere like that. And she moved out of Hollywood. And I remember it was a long time ago. I remember at the time I was like, wow, what a power move, right? Like she moved out of Hollywood because she could. She had made it to a level where, you know, everyone knew her. She was a household name and she didn't need all of that anymore. And she just walked away. But it wasn't like people stopped calling her. She, you know, she still did stuff, but she was able to, to separate herself. I think fame is such an interesting concept to me. I had a conversation this week about the Kardashians. I know. Don't stop listening. Take a deep breath. Everybody freaks out when you say the Kardashians. But I think they serve as a really good example Kim Kardashian is very good with fame. And when I say good with it, she knows how to take it in, let it go. It flows through her like a river, right? She wants it. She lets it pass it through her. She tries to do some good with it, with her law work and all that. And it never seems to face her. She always knows how to treat the paparazzi, to deal with the press. She always is very, very cool with it and never takes anything in. Chloe, however, is really terrible with fame. Because she has issues like you and I have where she wants to be at home. She wants to be in a shell. But because she's part of this family, she doesn't really have that option anymore. And even more so than that, to be paid and be on a reality show sort of just opens your whole life up. Because you can't compartmentalize what you want people to see and what you don't when you're on a reality show. So that is a really complicated issue. Mm. Um, and I, so I think some people are cool with fame and they know how to do it and they don't let it get to them in that way. And some people aren't. And I don't think I would be built for fame on that level at all. 
I don't think I would. I don't I, know how any human is really. I don't. I, mean, I think. Like, yeah, I think she's a fluke. I mean, there, I think there's a handful of people, um, sure. but she's a good example of that. Well, I think the movie stars, you know, back in the like in the you go back to the 40s or something, mm. and you know, it would be a big thing for you know this actor and this actress to be seen together at this restaurant kind of thing, and it was all put together by the studio publicity department. Mm-hmm. Put the two of you together just so we can get some you know some press in the paper and all that sort of stuff. You flash forward to the 70s and you go to uh, you know like the nightclubs and stuff like that, and you'll you'll see actors that made uh, they went out. They hung out and they made sure they got in front of people. They walked in the front door and, you know, they're on the disco dance floor and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Studio yeah. 54 kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but after that, it really started to kind of decline where people were in front of, you know, you don't really see like Studio 54 is the last time I can think of where it was a place where you had to go and you had to be seen and it ended up on camera and it ended up on the news. Yeah. They really don't do that anymore. Because everything is news and every one's every ounce of everyone's lives is on camera for mm. all to see at all times. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like everything's news, so nothing's news, right? right. Like- no, that's exactly it. That's a that's a very elegant way of saying what I was just going to attempt to say. And that's like that's the difference between what Steve just said. Yeah. In the forties, you're talking about a photo, or in the seventies, you're talking about somebody walking into a nightclub behind a closed door where you know something awesome's happening in there. Right. There was a mystique there. There is no mystique. To somebody walking out of an airport and somebody sticking a camera in their face. Mm -hmm. Now you're just catching that person at an unguarded moment. And if they happen to be like, oh, I don't know, a human and go, come on. Now they're a dick. Now they're known for that. Now they're provoked for that. And so you could build your whole life crafting like this is the thing I want to do. And, and, And that's completely taken away from you because of this parasitic thing that people do to other people just so they can sell their shots or whatever. You know what I mean? It's disgusting. And, um, and I, I, I do, I can't speak for anybody else and I'm not going to be the old man yelling at a tree. All I know is that for about the last 20 years, as much as I, and it started with dealing with these people at the interview level where I started to get the sense that, you know, some of the more beautiful people are pretty, some of the ugliest people I've ever met, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing, you know, uh, and the flip side of that is that the walls that they have to have up and then seeing this TMZ culture just kind of like become enriched and mainstream, you know, and I just sit back and I go, you know what, you know, I, I, there was a part of me, I think when we all start out and we choose something like entertaining people or being on the radio or doing whatever, there's an aspect to that, that there's always going to be an aspect of I'm, I'm an entertainer. So the flip side of that is you want to entertain somebody, mm-hmm. you know, you want to throw a thing, you want a crowd to show up, you, you, you're going to put on a show, you want them to come and look. But if that's the definition of what you have to do to become famous or an influencer or whatever, that's just not what I'm made of. But that's know? where the level is. That's where right. the line is now. It seems right. like if you want to be an entertainer, then you have to literally open the door to every secret about your life, everything you've ever done, everything you've ever thought. It has to be accessible to everyone. And I don't know that that's necessarily fair. Like, I I feel like, you know, I feel like you should be able to be a movie star and still, or a rock star or whatever, and still have some mystique about you. In fact, if I'm being totally honest, I prefer my rock stars that way. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be able to shoot a DM to Steven Tyler. Like, I mean, it's cool, but I I want Steven Tyler to be doing something so cool that I don't have access to him. I remember Otherworldly, he, like way over there. Rock star the, yeah. shit. Exactly. I, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, totally. it, it, 
it takes the the whole dream down. It kills Santa a little bit for me to see every single nuance of all of these people. It's like, no, I Taylor Swift. And this is so funny. I'm bringing up the Kardashians and Taylor Swift, two people that I'm not really even like huge bandwagon or fans of. But I do pay attention to the sphere that they're in. Taylor Swift does it so well. How often is she out there? selfie style telling us what she's doing being in front of people giving the information never mm-hmm. never she mm-hmm. never tells anyone anything except for in song and mm. that's why people are rabid about her that's a great because point because they can't they can't put all the pieces together they're guessing about her love life they're making up these stories the rumors they're attaching to all these things she's very smart about it. She puts mm. all these Easter eggs in stuff so that people can follow along. She understands the idea of nuance and leaving something for the imagination. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of artists these days should take note of that because mm. it, it really gives people something to want. That's a great point. Well, it, yeah, but it's, you know, that's the, uh, the two sides of that coin, though, because on the one hand, if you shut yourself off, then maybe people lose interest. Or if you want to get attention, if you want to you want to be heard above the noise, you've got to do something a little more. You've got to reach out a little bit more. You've got to be a little more open. Taylor Swift I know that can there afford are, there to do it because she's Taylor that, Swift. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, there are people that that have that that persona, that, that outgoing persona. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell, at least I can tell, when somebody is is putting on the act that they're this big, open, gregarious, you know, I, I'm available 24-7. And a lot of them, they feel like they have to be because everybody's got a camera. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, you, you're you not afforded the opportunity to be human, to make a mistake, mm-hmm. to to do any small little thing because somebody's got a camera on you. If you're, if you're someone of note, if you're someone that somebody knows who you are, whether you're on TV or, you know, a, a musician or a politician or anything, if you're somebody that somebody knows who you are, Somebody's going to have a camera on you when you're out in public mm-hmm. and to have to be that that guard, either that guarded or that on all the time. Mm-hmm. It's got to be maddening. Mm-hmm. You know, your your Robin Williams story. It's a great example. I mean, that poor son of a bitch, you know, to have to not be able to walk into a room without being Robin Williams, as opposed to just yeah. being a, a, a guy that wants to come in and watch a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck that. Oof. It's like when the guy walks on stage, your expectation is that he should be funny. You've paid to see him. He's mm-hmm. on that stage. It's clearly he's in his element. But you see him out at dinner. I mean, I've seen this happen when I lived down in Hollywood. You know, people would just walk up and expect people to like all of a sudden turn on and tell him a joke and make him laugh. And it's so it's such an unhealthy expectation. Um, and the whole thing has gotten really down and dirty. Like the need for fame is mm-hmm. so all consuming of society because of social media. I fully blame social media. Last night I was watching a YouTube video about New Orleans because we bought this New Orleans house. And so Jay and I are just like excited to 10 best places to eat in New Orleans Mm -hmm. to find new things about our new neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're watching. Oh, and sidebar really quick that if you know, you know, this is so crazy. Steve Rapport, who's a photographer who's been on sound waves. I'm watching a completely random video on YouTube about restaurants and they show a shot of the outside and he's sitting at a table eating. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I took a picture. I paused it and took a picture. Cause I'm, I'm going to text him. But like, it was so That's weird. Awesome. Steve Rapport sighting. But anyways, I'm watching this random YouTube video 
And these girls run up to this guy's camera, like grab the camera. And they're like, are you vlogging? We need to be on your vlog. What's your YouTube channel? Can you say my name? It's my birthday. Tell everybody it's my birthday. And I was like, oh my God. And we paused it. I, I, I paused it. Clearly Jay didn't pause it. I paused it. And Jay and I were just like, ew. Like, mm-hmm. This guy's just walking around showing restaurants in New Orleans. And these girls, a whole crew of girls, are like, oh, my God, I need my 10 seconds of fame. Well, I, you, so we've fun. run into that on Soundwave shoots out in yeah. the wild. Yeah, that's you know, true. People come in and they have to tell their life story while the mic's running. Yes, exactly. You know, and you're like, said okay. last night so eloquently, ain't got no class. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true. But people are just desperate for their moment. They are like on social media and everyone has a platform. One of my favorite things that's ever been said that's totally inappropriate. So if you're delicate, close your ears. But <laughs> Lamont Lamont always says this and it's so true. Not everybody deserves a platform. Mm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Some people just are dumb as shit <laughs> and are crazy and are just trying to stir the pot and they don't need to have some kind of platform. because Yeah, and, and dumb as shit and not in an entertaining way either, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, at least exactly. you could do it. If you're going to be a fucking idiot, you know, at least be funny and, you know, make it entertaining for us. But Exactly. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I felt like we've only brought up questions and have offered no solutions. It's okay. It's good. It's been a great therapy session. Yeah, I think. we start we started bitching about things and we ended bitching on things. I think I that know. that's you know. Pretty, <laughs> let, pretty let me ask you this. Let me ask. And I don't want to come from like a really like like gross place of you know celebrity or whatever, but um, we do a thing and you know a few people watch it or listen to it or whatever. And you know I'm very very thankful for all the people who do. You know I mean we can't do what we do without people. Um, showing some sort of an interest. There's no part of me that's out there thinking 10 million people are whatever hanging on our every word or anything like that. But the flip side of that is, 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 you know, um, I I don't think, I don't think that they're not either. You know, it's like, I'm always kind of aware that whatever we do, there's one or two people out there who are taking an interest. And so, you know, uh, even so, so taking that Kardashian thing and dialing it way the fuck down to our level, even when you do that though, there's kind of like this idea though, when you're posting online or when you're taking a picture of your meal or whatever, and I'm mainly talking about social media because like Steve, you're very entertaining on social media. Chasta, you're very open on social media. And what I've noticed about myself is that the more success this thing that we do has the less I post about me and that might be completely related to what I bitched about earlier in the conversation and the need to like, not, you know, shine the spotlight on me or anything. But I, you know, like in Facebook, when it comes up and it goes, 10 years ago, you said this. And I'm like, wow, I was far more chatty back then, you know, (laughs) or like I would never stop the world to say what movie I just watched and what my opinion of the Super Bowl was, you know what I mean? And it's like, I catch myself going, well, when did I change? When did I stop posting stuff in that way? And, and I don't. And I'm, why? I and why? I it wasn't a conscious decision. A lot of people are like, "I'm done with Facebook." Okay, great, good for you. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see you when you come back. Yeah, exactly. I've never had that moment. I've never had that point where I just go, "Well, I'm done." But at some point, I I I I think I just started to retreat a little bit, and I don't know why. I don't know why. You know, I used to get get into conversations with people and offer a political whatever. And now I just don't care enough to do it. And I don't think people care enough to hear from me about it. I don't live for that, I think, is what I'm saying. That's interesting. I pulled back specifically with politics 
in that exact same way. When I get those memories, because I used to be extremely vocal about my political leanings and um and I mean I look bold, I would say some bold shit on Facebook 10 years ago or whatever it was. And now I'm like, I feel exhausted by it. Mm. I feel exhausted by overthinking what I want to say and how it might be interpreted. I'm exhausted by the fact that people are going to come at me with their crap and then I have to come back at them at their crap and I don't have time or really energy. So in that space, I, I've done the same exact thing. And mm-hmm. and I and I don't necessarily think that it, I like made that conscious decision, but looking back and reflecting, I think it's just because I'm kind of tired of people's opinions. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you put something out there and that's fine, but then you're opening a floodgate of of shit that can come back at you. And I just sort of stopped wanting that to happen. So well, I and, get and it. that's why I I mean that's why I share, you know, goofy stuff or, you know, just just fun stuff or whatever, because yeah, it's the same thing. I will go back the the 10 years on the Facebook thing and this this post will come up where I've you know said something about something political that happened and I've got a few not many but I've got a few you know rabidly conservative friends mm-hmm. uh more like a, people I know <laughs> you know not, yeah. not even yeah. people like yeah. you know Joe waiting into the hornet's nest or anything yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know and there's this you know rabid back and forth and you know one upmanship and all this and I'm the same way. My my political leanings haven't changed any, but mm-hmm. the way that I feel that I have to express myself, I express myself at the uh, the ballot box. That's how exactly. I do it these days, because it is one of those things where it, it was kind of like a sport almost to get into the, the boxing match with yeah. somebody, you yeah. know, to see if you could, you know, one up them and outsmart them and, you know, out out fax them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But who's got time for that these days? That's exactly you know? it. And it's I- just. It really it isn't it isn't worth the time anymore because after I get done because I'll read those when those pop back up it's always entertaining to see yeah I agree with me I still yeah. agree with me, you know <laughs> I still disagree with them but then it gets all done they went off and they feel exactly the same way I go off I feel exactly the same way nothing nothing changes nothing's you know nobody's had any amazing revelation one way or the other yeah so why bother. Yeah. Why in the it? political space, I have found I do I I vote I mm-hmm. crazily. I mean, I always I never miss a vote mm-hmm. for anything. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I express myself. I will go out and protest if I feel so inclined about something. And I put my money where my mouth is. I have mm-hmm. a roster of things that I give to every month that the fulfill my political leanings. So those are the ways that I do that. But Dennis, back to your point about just posting in general, the other reason is that I feel I have a little bit of a rebel spirit against it because it's like, oh, you have to post on social. If you didn't post, mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And and I I don't like feeling like it's a job. Mm-hmm. I will not post unless I'm moved to post. Mm-hmm. And I might not be moved to be open about something, but once a week or two. Like, because mm-hmm. going back to what you just said, I don't think people give a shit about what I'm eating. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. You know, and plus the algorithms are all stacked up against you. So I could take a picture of my lunch yeah. and 200 people will give me a thumbs up. Yeah. But I take a picture of something with a YouTube link and I'm like, here, go watch this thing that I spent a thousand hours editing. And it, and it gets no like nobody's going to see it because Facebook buries it. Totally. You know? Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just I think I'm tired of the whole thing. You know, I mean, I I, I, I on the political thing, it's funny. I wasn't even thinking about politics, but I there was something that came up and I don't know what it is. And I don't even. I'm not even going to sit here and try to remember what it was because I don't care. But I, uh, it was something, and I made one one comment on a friend's side, a post, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, I got 
hammered by like my other friends mm-hmm. who are just like you're wrong because of this and what about this and i'm like you know what I, that was a moment where i'm like i just don't care enough yeah to start fights with my friends i just don't you know what we could talk about it over a beer in a in a more social environment or we could just not talk about it at all and the funny thing is is that we weren't opposed to anything the funny thing is is that i i complete i i agreed with the point and what they were saying i agreed with but they were hammering me anyway because i got one little thing wrong or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and i'm like our discourse in this country is to the degree where even a I agree with you. I'm on your side. I'm going to vote the way you vote. But because I didn't say that little scroll talking point that you got off the bottom of the news screen because I formed my own opinion and it maybe diverts 5%. Now you're going to come after me. And I'm like, I don't care that much. I'm with you. I'll buy what I want to buy and I'll vote where I want to vote. But I don't, I'm, I'm done debating people online because I'm like, life is too short. You know, I think people are, people are trained to, to respond like that. Yeah. You know, it's that whole blood in the water thing. That mm-hmm. it's just that automatic knee-jerk response to have to disagree mm-hmm. with somebody and have to be mad at somebody because their opinion is different, even if it's a little bit different or it's a yeah. different shade of gray than yeah. what you're that's talking exactly about. exactly what it was. It was and it that's was, usually what it is. It was so absurd. I was just like, why are we fighting? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, I'm out. You win. And you know? I and see that's where that's where I won't give up. I am a rabid dog because I'm <laughs> extremely extremely competitive and it's not even that i need to get your side on my side i don't need to talk you into anything but i will not fucking give up and so what i found was bothering me is that you you say your piece somebody comes back at you and then you go back at them and then what if i have to go attend to my child and they've left three or four comments with all these facts and then i never get back to it and then people think they won i can't have people thinking they win I can't yeah, do that. You, you care a lot more than I do about and this so, kind of and so that and that was crazy <laughs> making because it's yeah. like my child eating dinner is far more important than whatever bullshit's happening on Facebook. But it eats at me that they left a comment <laughs> that I <laughs> that I didn't respond to because someone might think they got me. Hey, if I saw this two hours ago, I would have said this. <laughs> right, exactly. And so that that element right there is why I stopped it altogether because my competitive side is just too intense to keep up with that shit. It's just not worth it. And my child is worth so much more than that. So it it all went to the wayside. A man's got to know his limitations, right? (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. I'm the girl that has broken tennis rackets, having a tennis match with my husband before my competitive spirit is way out of control when it wants to be. So I have to temper that where Mm -hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's so refusing funny. refusing to argue on Facebook is how I temper my competitive spirit. Boy, this conversation started with just complaining about how people don't communicate anymore, but we covered a lot of ground, I think, this week. We really did. Go us. Look at us go. <laughs> Again, I don't know that we solved anything, but we really I feel better. I don't know if you guys feel better. I feel What's, a lot better. It's a purge, you know? It's right? like a little sound waves therapy. It's good for you. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about, at least for me personally. Hell, that's what most podcasts are all about, is just getting it out. Just bleh. Yeah, yeah. Whether anybody cares or not, who gives a shit? We'll never know. <laughs> as long as we feel better, that's all I care about. <laughs> hey, if I've made somebody feel just a little dirtier when you click on that TMZ feed, then I've done my job here today. Uh, mission accomplished. Now I'm, I, I, feel, I feel like I'm judging myself if I got TMZ now. <laughs> yeah, you with the TMZ and the Kardashians and all that sort of stuff. You're like the anti-dentist, you know? I know. <laughs> I'm sort of ashamed that any of that even came out of my mouth, but 
it's part of the pop ether. This is the world we live in, whether we like it or not. Yeah, I'll I'll leave you with a funny story. We had Casey Hill on the set a couple of weeks ago, and her Lover. interview is coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. And um, I always give Chasta a bad time. We're always kind of you know brother sister poking at each other about something, yeah. and I'm I'm setting stuff up, and they're talking, and I'm 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 just I can see Chasta, but I was like around the corner from Casey, and you start telling you start telling her about oh this something I bought this Kardashian blah blah blah, and it's great it popped and and so I looked at you and I was like really and you're like fuck off and yes. he just continued <laughs> and i just chuckled i was like all right that's because i mean i'll say my kardashian piece um actually i'm like looking at my clothes those girls i don't really follow the reality show i haven't watched it in in a, in a really long time um but i still do follow them on social because i think the whole idea of them is very interesting um and i did watch them when they first came out god 20 years ago or whatever that is but what i will say Bitches know their product. You know what? If yeah, you're looking yeah. for a really good product, those girls don't put their name on something unless it's of value. And no one makes better jeans than Khloe Kardashian. Period. Full stop. Good American right. jeans are the best for your booty. I'm here to tell you. She's <laughs> not paying me to say that, but I wear Skims, which is Kim's brand, underwear brand. Actually, I have on Skims thongs as we speak. Um, good American jeans are all I wear. Um, and skincare, too. Skincare, mm. makeup. Actually, Kim's skincare line is what I use for exfoliant. So these girls know their product. It's top shelf. I, All right. I should I be making you. money for saying that. You should. You should. Yeah. Write Thanks. me a check, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Soundwaves TMI, featuring Chasta, Dennis Willis, and uh, yours truly, Stephen Kirk. The part of the announcer was played by Kelly Ogden. Soundwaves TMI is presented in part by the Longboard Bar in Pacifica, California, a world-class music venue and neighborhood bar, all under one roof. So please like and subscribe to Soundwaves TMI wherever you are listening from. And please consider helping us continue our mission of lifting and supporting independent music and the Bay Area music scene by becoming a Soundwaves patron. In exchange, you'll be the first to see and hear weekly shows such as Soundwaves TV, Soundwaves FM, and the Soundwaves TMI podcast, as well as exclusive content. Just go to patreon.com slash Soundwaves TV. And for all things Soundwaves, follow us on all the social medias at Soundwaves TV. Or go to soundwavestv.com. 